podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. I'm Manners, and I'm here with Gav Joshi to wrap up the first day's action in the Test Series versus the West Indies. Yes, the first test from the Adelaide Oval. Day one is done. I'm joined by Gav. Australia trail West Indies by 129 runs, and uh, Pat Clemens sent them in. Gav, you have to say, it sort of went as expected. Yeah, I, I mean, first session, you probably say it's pretty even, Stevens, three wickets, uh, but it was a big second session, and you probably expected that because we just felt that Australia get on a roll against this very inexperienced team that they're going to pick up, you know, four or five wickets in a very quick succession. Um, and maybe about 300 might have been a good total, but yeah, it went pretty much according to script, but not as one-sided as many might have expected. That's right. There was a few ebbs and flows during the day. So let's go back to the um, beginning of the day. And the West Indies named three debutants in their 11. Justin Greaves, Kavim Hodge and Shamar Joseph were all named. And Cameron Green is back for Australia. So that was the only change. It's the post-David Warner era. And Pat Cummins won the toss and elected to bowl. And it's not surprising because... Usually the best bowling conditions at the Adelaide Oval are on that first day. And also uh, the West Indies batting order from three to six has a total of three tests between them. So, Gav, I thought right decision, bowl first. Yeah, and very cool in Adelaide. I think most of us were quite surprised that um, you know players walked out in the middle with, with sweaters on. So I think it was only about 17, 18 degrees when the game started, a bit overcast. So, and you're absolutely right, you know, inexperienced. And eight mils of grass on that Adelaide Oval pitch. And, of course, you know, g- given how well the Australian team's bowling, especially led by, you know, Paddy Cummins, um, it, wasn't too much of a surprise. Uh, many thought always back first, but as we've seen with Pat Cummins, he's he's ready to make the you know the the bold decisions if 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 you want. Um, and 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 he deserved the bowl. Yeah, I don't think this was a particularly bold one. I think maybe bowling first at the Oval is a different story when the Ashes are up for grabs. But I think against this West Indies batting order, it was the right move. Um, so Brathwaite, the captain, and Chanderpaul opened the batting for the West Indies, and they got through to the 10th over. And then Pat Cummins made the first breakthrough of the day, and Cameron Green took a very good catch off Chanderpaul at Gully, and instantly we saw the value of Green in at Gully. He made a tough catch look easy. Yeah, absolutely. And he can pluck them high, he can pluck them low. Justin Langer actually described him as one of the best gully fielders Australia's had already, and he's only played, you know, what, handful of test matches. Yeah, it was stunning. And then um, Pat Cummins got the second breakthrough when the score was at 27, knocking over the skipper with a beautiful wobbled seam delivery that just nipped back between bat and pad and bowled Brathwaite. And the West Indies were two for 27 and bowling very, very well. Captain Courageous, Pat Cummins doing the business. But then it was uh, our one of our favourites on Cricket Unfiltered, Josh Hazelwood got the next wicket when Athanasia left a ball that just came back into the left-hander and cannoned into his stumps. Wasn't a great leave. And that brought up Josh Hazelwood's 250th test wicket in just his 67th test. He's the 11th Australian to take 
at 250 wickets, a strike rate of 55, an average of 26. Just a phenomenal performer for a, a number of years. Yeah, and that made it the first time ever in history of cricket where your team has had a a ball. A, a, four bowlers have taken 250 test wickets and more, you know, with Stark, Cummins, Hazelwood, and, of course, Nathan Lyons. A bit of history there, and I think you'll probably get to it. Uh, Paddy Cummins also going past the South Australian hero, um, Jason Gillespie, the record of 259 test wickets. Yeah, you're spot on. So I've got the, the top 11 wicket takers for Australia here. And Pat Cummins is now on 262. He took four wickets in that West Indies innings, four for 41. So you're right. He goes ahead of Gillespie. But what interests me is I think the comparison between Gillespie and Hazelwood is a good one. Um, as I said, um, Hazelwood's got um, 253 wickets at an average of 25.71. Gillespie took 259 wickets at an average of 26.13 and both their strike rates are basically 55. And and I think that's a good comparison. You know, sort of when I was sort of rating them, I'd rate Gillespie around that. You know, it's very similar to Hazelwood and maybe Cummins in the echelon above and then Stark in just a whole different category of just, you know, a bit of a wild thing like Brett Lee or um, Mitchell Johnson. Yeah, I, I agree. I think more than numbers, but though I think you know Jason Gillespie is probably a little bit similar to bowling style with Pat Cummins, you know, but yeah, with that bowling, mm. that bra- brace front leg, uh, you know, and it just hit. He just always. I remember watching you know Jason Gillespie and Glenn McGrath bowl, and every time the ball left Jason Gillespie's uh, sort of. It, a bowling hand, you almost felt that this ball could do anything. Like he just mm. felt like he was, and he was really, quick. He was quick. Was he, he was threatening. Was he, uh, yeah. While you know, like you knew what to expect from Glenn McGrath. Um. What, so I, I, I think Paddy Cummins is a bit of resemblance there with Jason Gillespie. Um. And and just the way that they, you know, it's a bit of an unconventional action to an extent. How they jumped and but, but you know a bit of a big jump they had and then whack. You know the arm came down so quick as well. So and both had a really good in swinger. Um, so and used to attack the stumps a fair bit as well. So a little bit, but look, arguably, I and mean, we, we've been lucky to watch, you know, these three pace bowlers together. Um, it's been an absolute privilege, and we saw that today. I think they pitch off it a little bit, but it was just a class of the Australian bowlers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you, and so congratulations to Hazelwood. He he thoroughly deserves it. He's been in and out of the test. He was in and out in the te- the test side for a couple of years due to injury and stuff. So you know, he's had a good run at it now, and great to see him um, soaring up the the test charts. Good friend of the podcast, and just sort of heading back to the the events in the middle. Um, Hodge was out next. Another good catch in the gully by Green. That was Hazelwood's second wicket. Um, and that was before Kirk McKenzie was out for fifty. He brought up he brought up his maiden test half century in just his second test, but he was caught behind, and that really started to slide. Um, when he went, it was five for one hundred and seven, but then they ended up being nine for one thirty three, um, with in all sorts of trouble, having lost. Well, they lost. They lost six for 35 at one stage. But then, Gav, we saw a familiar tale, and you cannot deny it now. Australia have a problem bowling to the tail. Um, Roach and uh, the debutant Joseph put on 55 for the last wicket. Roach was 17, not out. Joseph on debut, hit 36 off 41. And, and they've just got a problem when it comes to finishing off the opposition. 
Oh, yeah, you can say that. I think one revealing stat they they had was I think that the number of balls that they bowled for that last wicket partnership. I think you know whatever it was, fifty or seventy balls it was. I think only one ball was hitting in the stumps. Yeah, um, also problem. the fact that yeah, also the fact that Mitch Stark probably didn't bowl as much at the tail. Um, but, but look, you know, f- f- fair enough. I mean, we we saw that. I think Josh Hazelwood spoke about it. He said that's something we'll need to address. And it's also the fact that they haven't got much raw footage of any of the West Indian batters because, as you mentioned, three debutants or some of them have only played one or two tests. And apart from Brathwaite, who's been around for a long time, Chandra Poor, he came to Australia last year. There's no video footage of a lot of these guys. So uh, because of that, they probably haven't been able to do that enough research. Um, and I think we'll see a little bit different sort of that. We might see a little bit more pitch dark um, towards the end because short balling... Um, Probably doesn't work. Uh, Ajmal uh, also showed that against Pakistan, but you know, I, I think it's just it hasn't really hurt Australia. Yeah, I think this is where you see it's a fast bowling skipper because I think there's a bit of impatience here that they, they just need to stick to what works. Top of off stump, the odd short ball, and and just be a bit more patient. They seem to go away from that very quickly, and uh, you know, if it takes them a few more overs to get the last wicket, but they, you know, they don't. Um, concede so many runs. I, I just think this is where we see sort of impatience from Cummins that, oh, we should be blasting these guys out rather than just, as you say, you know, if one ball hitting the stumps is not good enough. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure they'll review that. Um, and we can't be too critical. This is one of the, this is probably the greatest bowling unit we've ever had. So, and maybe Stark not bowling also helps. To, um, well, we can I think, be critical because, you know, that, that partnership at, um, in the Ashes last year at Headingley, when we just started peppering uh, um, Wood, yeah. Wood that, that changed the course of the series. So, you know, if that's our Achilles heel, they, they should be working on it. Oh, in, in saying that, you know, I think our tail post some runs as well. So I mm. think, you know, in general, yeah, you can criticise, but I think generally you rarely find, you know, 10 and 11. I mean, I don't think Joseph's number 11. I think he can bat better than that. So... We might see him go up the order, but yes, if you really had to be critical, but when you're bowling teams out for 188, um, it, you know, and if it just happened to Pakistan today, it was probably once off. We'll have to make our judgment after, you know, three more innings that West Indies have got to bat in this series. Indeed. So they finished up being bowled out for 188. It was just after tea. They actually took the extra half an hour. Stray didn't get the wicket, so then they went off for tea. So poor Smith in his first innings as an opener would have been waiting desperately to get out there. Uh, top score, I said, was McKenzie for 50. Second top score was Joseph with 36. And then you have got to go down to uh, Roach with 17 there. So disappointing batting effort. They faced 62.1 overs. Um, for the Australian bowlers, best of the figures, Cummins 4 for 41, Hazelwood 4 for 44, and Stark and Lyon chipped in with a wicket each. Um, it, 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 superb bowling from Cummins today and Hazelwood. They both leaked a few at the end to the, the tail, but they were stellar. Yeah, look, Pat Cummins continues to show why he's, you know, the best um a bowler, I think, going around in five. So just, just, he just had a little bit of subtlety to his bowling, you know. Just, I think the big in swinger helps as well. I think people know that it's there, and you know they're probably not moving across towards off stump, and he can nick a player out. And I just feel like, while well, not only is he economical, but I think he's just learned to attack a little bit more. 
uh, if I can say that. You, you see Pat Cummins probably bowl that more of a half volley, and he's happy to be bowling that because, uh, you know, he, I think he that's just bought him that extra, uh, you know, allowed him to bowl that yard full and pick up a couple of wickets. So, look, exceptional performance. Look, West Indies, not much experience here. Um, you know, full credit to Australian bowlers, but look, yeah, they're just too good. They just don't eat games inside out mm. now, man. You're right. So Australia came out um, with about an hour and a half to go in the day and a terrible start for the West Indies. They dropped Usman Khawaja on three. That was just in the second over. That was off Alzari Joseph, um, and that could cost them. He's 30 not out overnight. So a big mistake. Um, you know, pre- a pretty simple catch for the keeper, Gabby. you got to snap for them. Uh, absolutely. Look, and... That's so disappointing as well because, you know, it, you look at the score, it, it could well have been three down and you're looking and saying, well, hang on, it, it's it's while it's Australia's day, it's probably still only, you know, maybe 65, um, 30 because they could come out, knock over, you know, the, the middle order with, you know, Cam Green in there now, it doesn't look as experienced. You know, we always had the security of Steve Smith at four, but that's not there. Um, and just to... You know, if you still look back, like the best two batters of this team are Manus and, and, and Smith. Um, and if, if they, and plus Kawaja, who's had a phenomenal year as well, you knock those three over, it makes a huge difference, but a very simple catch. But I think rightfully, I just disappointed the way his technique, like he, you know, went for the catch and his elbows actually hit the ground. That's something, you know, you teach like a 10, 12 year old that makes sure that you actually go after it. I'm not sure why he went with his just one-handed. That probably gets taken by Alex Carey or another good keeper with two hands. Maybe just lack of concentration, but a huge miss. Yeah, huge miss. And Usman Khawaja just can be a bit vulnerable early. He didn't really move his feet, just sort of uh, played that one outside of his pad. And you've got to take those because once he gets his iron, he's very hard to dislodge. But then we probably had the moment of the day. So Shamar Joseph on Testaboo, just his sixth first-class game, having just scored 36, takes the ball for the first time in Test cricket, and he does a false run-up, so he goes back, and then he takes it again, and then he gets Steve Smith caught in second slip for 10, um, sorry, for 12, and gets the first wicket of the day for the West Indies. And he said after play that Steve Smith is his favourite batter, and, and he ran to sort of deep mid-wicket celebrating, just magical scenes. Oh, you, I think everyone would have been excited that that doesn't matter if you're an Australian cricket fan or just a normal cricket fan around the world. And what a story he has. I mean, we've heard it during the broadcast. You know, he, he's from a small island where I think they didn't have internet until about, I think, 10 odd years ago or maybe even later than that. And the only occupation there is is, is logging. So Absolutely. he sort of took that chance to... to, to to come out of that, took a punt, went to a, a you know a different island. I think it's New Amsterdam is the, is the place. Uh, Curtly Ambrose saw him. We t- heard Ian Bishop tell a story. He couldn't get tickets despite being a net bowler. Um, so w- wonderful, you know that that's what cricket is all about. These people coming from these uh, you know a, a not so much privileged background as as some of the maybe the Australian players. So. Uh, and to go on and, uh, you know, perfect ball to Steve Smith. He's just around that off stump. You know, Smithy probably, you know, we always thought this, if his eyes ever go, um, you know, just you might see him push at it. He might slice the ball given his technique um, and, and really good piece of bowling and, a, and an excellent catch. I thought not many people talked about that catch because it went quick, it went low, 
Um, and I think it was Graves who caught it. It was, it was yeah, really good. Yep. Yeah, you know, you spot on. And I think um, that delivery su- surprised Smith, you know, never faced Joseph before. He looked a bit tentative and that's unlike Smith. And so he was out for 12. That made it one for 25 um, on their first partnership together, Kawaja and Smith. And I thought Smith looked good opening the batting. Um, I, I just think he, as I said, got a bit surprised there. And then, so when the score was 45, Manus Labashain was out to Joseph again, this time pulling one down deep square leg for 10. Uh, Moti took the catch there and Joseph had the two wickets. Uh, I wouldn't say disappointing dismissal for Manus late in the day. Disappointing, but I thought it was really good bowling because, you know, he, you see Manus, he was batting a long way outside his crease. And, and he'd hardly bowled a short ball. And there was a couple that I think hit Manus on the on the hand and just the way he was sort of looking to come forward. And we don't Manus how much he studies the game. He probably would have felt that, you know, he wants to take LBW out of the equation and bowled a good short ball. And, you know, it sort of got on, got big on him and a really good catch as well. So that's um, West Indies did drop one, but uh, yeah, a huge wicket. And, Again, you know, you just wonder how it would have been if, if they would have snaffled Kawaja up earlier as well. Mm. Yeah, you're right. So that sent Cameron Green to the crease in his first time batting at four for Australia and a little nervous half an hour before stumps, but he survived. He's six not out. Kawaja is 30 not out. Australia, two for 59 in reply to the West Indies, 188. They trail by 129 runs. Probably the highlight of the day is that 55-run last wicket partnership between Roach and Joseph that got the West Indies from nine for 133 to 188 and at least sort of inside of 200, and it saved there some embarrassment for them but I guess Gavin you know it's a bit of a cliche but you know crucial first hour tomorrow if if the West Indies can maybe you know knock over Green and get into that middle order of Head and Marsh you never know maybe they can get out of this without a a massive first innings deficit. Yeah but then they probably need to bat better which is again a challenge so um, look yeah arguably I think a big day for Cam Green I think all eyes will be on him as they were on Steve Smith today he probably didn't get the desired result as most would have expected all eyes on Cam Green because you know I think there's a bit of extra pressure on him because he's been you know Steve Smith's made a sacrifice you can argue that you know Cam Bancroft should have could have been there why in Australia reshuffling just to fit Green in um Big day for him if he if he doesn't get the runs, then you know straight away you can you you can sense one of our journalist mates maybe um, or somebody out in the west uh, going on a podcast or <laughs> a little bit you know having a go at some of the Australian selection. But um, I think a big Mitch day Johnson for might fire up again. Yeah, it might be Mitch Johnson. It could be Kim Hughes. It could be anyone out in the west. <laughs> Um, so, so that's it for the first day from the Adelaide Test. Just a quick update on the Big Bash. A magnificent win last night for the Sydney Sixers, chasing down 198 at Optus Stadium versus the Scorchers. And that means the finals are the Heat hosting the Sixers on Friday night, the winner hosts the grand final, and the loser plays the winner of the Scorchers v the Strikers on Saturday night. So really heating up the Big Bash. I can't wait for the finals. Uh, I don't know if you saw that game last night, Gab, but that was one of the best Big Bash games I've watched in a while. Yeah, I I just managed to get a little bit end of it, but look, fantastic. I mean, really, I think it's 10 out of 11 games. I think Scorchers have posted a total like that. They haven't been run down. And nice to see Dan Hughes get some runs and Moses Enriquez and huge win for the Sixers and a great crowd. I think, you know, 
BBL just, I think it just happens, uh, you know, but we've said the crowd at the SCG, but even across in Perth. So I think BBL, big success. Let's hope the finals are good as well. Yeah, I'm hoping the Sixers can knock off the heat Friday night and that means the finals at the SCG next Wednesday. All right, listeners, well, that's it from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Gab, thanks for joining me and uh, we'll be back after day two. This is a Piccolo podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network.